the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we have been talking about the proposed peer-to-peer tax on second homes, um, and uh, you know, and why we don't think they're good. But Stephen, I, I missed the part of the um, proposed uh, the proposed bill, and the, it says that it's a yearly tax of ten percent, ten to thirteen point five percent on condos and co-ops that are used as secondary residences and have an assessed value of at least 300000 um, And that actually translates into a market value of at least $5 million. And so um, it's, not, it's not looking at, it's looking at properties over $5 million. And then it says it's also on one to three family homes that have, that in a price range that also would be taxed at a rate of 05 to 4.4% on their market value above $5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part of it I, I didn't say in the beginning. Is that your understanding of it? That, that's my approximate understanding of it. Again, it, it's in flux. This is not you know, a final law that's in effect, but that's around, I think, the ballpark they're talking about it. So so, yes, I mean, on the one hand, you know, someone might say, you know, hey, if somebody can afford a place as a second home that's over $5 million, you know, they're not even going to notice the difference. Um, but I'll tell you, I disagree. I'll tell you why. It sends the wrong message. I mean, the transactions that people were looking at that fell apart were even at a lower price point because what happens is once you establish a concept, then it's about – dialing the rates and dialing the threshold. That's how these things tend to work. Yeah, it says um, that, um, that, that, it, that some of the assessments um, that a value of $300,000 would in some neighborhoods capture homes with a market value of a little, as little as $2 million. But basically, um, it's really looking to disincent people to move to New York. I mean that's how uh, I look. Absolutely, it it, it, send, it sends the wrong message, and what it also does is at a certain point people have tax fatigue. They say, "I got a tax on this, I got a tax on that." And, you know, I can't tell you how many times. So in New York, it's a state law that on residential property, if if the value is over a million dollars, there's something called the mansion tax. And I can't tell you how many times I've been in a closing 
I'll look at my $1 million mansion for 800 square feet that I'm paying this tax on. And you hear the conversations for people of, what can I do? How do we address it? I've had this conversation thousands of times over the years. And so it's going to be one more conversation, one more obstacle, when the whole point is we do better as a city and as a state when people are coming in and expanding the pie rather than trying to fight over the leftovers. And that's the real philosophy that that the government needs to have. Right. Now, um, before I get a little uh, fun, because I do with Christmas time and the holidays, I also wanted to tell you one other thing that you should look into, and we'll talk about it after um, the new year. But, again, on the Post, um, there was an article. I won't get into it for time reasons, but it says there's a mass exodus of New York City police department cop, uh, policemen to Long Island, and driven by the and that's driven by the anti-cop sentiment in New York City, and the higher pay. An estimated 50 young New York City police officers have left for jobs in Nassau County since Friday. Um, they are going to a department where they will be better appreciated by the community. So I just again want to say. I don't know what people are thinking, okay? And, uh, you know, I mean, there was, there's bad cops, there's bad doctors, there's bad attorneys, there's bad real estate brokers, there's bad finance people. There's always some bad in every profession. But on the whole, we need New York City policemen. And, by the way, if I recall correctly, they're paid less than, they're paid less than Nassau and Suffolk policemen, okay? And to ha- but it's not even a pay. To have an anti, you know, we need them. We don't want them to leave. And I think most of all of us feel the same way. So, again, let's do everything to try to keep our policemen here and not cut the, their budgets and not have an, you know, and just, I, I just can't even believe some of the things that are going on. So, I mean, any thoughts on that, Ace or Stephen? I mean, but why would you stay in a place, you know, if you, you know, you're not going to get paid, they're cutting cops. And this is all bad for New York City, and it's bad for the people who live in New York City. We need our police department. A hundred percent. And I want to even add more to it. The police that are moving out are more experienced. So even if the numbers catch up, right, there were a couple of academy classes that they postponed earlier this year because of COVID, and they have now are starting to catch up. But the thing is, you're replacing experienced officers with rookies that need to be trained. The other thing I do want to point out, and, I, and again, I know this is about real estate, but it affects safety and property and how they're doing things. Um, and so it's important and, and related. The change of allowing and not allowing plainclothes police, and what's that, that's, been one, that's been clearly linked to some of the uptick in crime in certain areas. And so when when you put this whole package together, what they're doing is they're creating a really negative inference. You know, some areas you're not noticing much of a difference. And it's interesting. People are saying, well, how are you seeing property occupied during COVID? Depending upon the neighborhood, there's a real difference. In some areas, um, you're not seeing much of a difference, more in the Upper East Side. Um, but, you know, if you talk about Tribeca or near Penn Station area or Port Authority, you're seeing a very big difference. 
And this this is part of a whole general feeling of the city needs to go back to what it's known for as being the global place to go to, the place where everyone, no matter what your background is, is open, has open arms and are welcomed, and it's a place to do business. And the government needs to understand it needs to be a place to do business. So I wanted to go back and say one other point on the numbers, and this is very important. The last year in which Mayor Bloomberg was mayor, the annual budget was about $72 billion. In 2020, the city budget was $92 billion. Went up $20 billion wow. in eight years. In actually less than eight years, seven years. And is going and is projected to be at $97 billion in next year, in 2021. Have we gotten $25 billion more value now than we did at the end of Bloomberg? No way. City services? No way. I mean, I, I have to tell you. Else. I'm going to add even one more if thing. If Bloomberg would have run for a fourth term, I would have voted for him. He was the best. Let me add one more thing if you want to just to blow your mind. The population of New York City and the state of Israel is very similar, total population. The annual budget for Israel, I looked it up, so I'm like, let me make some comparisons, is about $150 billion. That's for a country a country that has an army, that has embassies, that has a whole health care system, is only about $50 billion more. When you, so the question people are going to ask, when I'm paying the bill, and, some, and New Yorkers are generous people, I feel a lot of New Yorkers don't mind paying the bill, but my question is, what am I paying for? And real estate's paying for about half of that bill as an industry. So my question to New York City is, we're paying property taxes, transfer taxes, mortgage tax, mansion tax, maybe a pied-a-terre tax. And what are you doing for people who are paying half the bill? What are we getting for it? It's a value question. It doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on. Aisle you're on. What are they doing with that money? What's the value they're giving back? And and we're going to continue talking about this next year. I mean, we're at the end of the year already. Um, and we're going to also hopefully involve you guys in helping, if you if you agree with us, in, 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 in helping, you know, um, as I said, helping the, uh, some of our elected officials understand what's going on so that they can make, a, you know, we have to figure out how to raise money, but um, I think we have to think of other ways. I just want to be a little light. It is the holidays, and I do have to tell you that, you know, it's going to be a tough holiday, but just for some fun, um, it's six, Christmas is a few days away, and uh, these are some facts, a few of them that I thought were interesting that I found in a wonderful old book about New York. And did you know that the first recorded Christmas tree market in the city was started on Chamber Street? in the 1830s by an upstate farmer who had bought a truckload of trees to sell on vacant lots for a dollar each. And you know what? He sold out in one night. Now, in the 1830s, I don't know how much a dollar was worth, but he sold the trees all in one night. Another thing was that a New York, inven- another New York, a New York invention was the electric tree light. Candles caused fires. 
So Thomas Edison's company put strands of red, white, and blue lights together and wrapped them around the tree in his family's home in 1882, and that's how that started. And, again, New York, the first outdoor community Christmas tree, like the one in Rockville Center, was started in 1912, okay, when a 60-foot evergreen was struck down from the Adirondacks to Madison Square Park where it was decorated with 1,200 colored electric lights. And that's all stuff for New York. And by the way, for those listeners who are selling a home during the holidays, I'm just going to give you a few tips. First of all, if somebody's looking at your home now, they're serious. Because generally the holidays people don't, um, you know. But if you are selling your home, minimize your holiday decorations. Not everyone has the same love for holiday decorations. So keep them minimal. Keep uh, This is rules at all times of year. Keep your home clean. Keep the home free of, you know, it's snowing, tracked in mud. Keep, keep vacuum. Keep everything clean. Have your windows cleaned. Uh, keep your, you know, your, your yard, everything. Don't accumulate any garbage. Be accessible. I can't tell you how many people want to show their property that they're not home. And if a buyer is coming in to look at a property and you're not home, I can assure you they're going someplace else. Key, price it right. Okay? Price it right. If you price it right, you'll probably get multiple offers and you'll sell it and be done with it because let me tell you, selling a home is not fun. Okay? It's not a fun thing. You want to be done with it. Keep it cozy. Keep it accessible. And make sure that your broker makes a video. And I think I told you last week, and if you have any, you know, in the video, if you have uh, pictures of, of the, your home during, you know, spring and the summer when there's flowers and blossoms, it's also good to put it in there. And that's my two cents about the holidays because um, I, I do think that it doesn't seem like it, but we are approaching Christmas. Ace. Mortgage rates. You want to give us an update on what's going on with the mortgage mortgage industry and what's rates and how hard is credit today? Is it tougher? Is it easier? What's going on there? Oh, sure, Dottie. I mean, rates are at an all-time low. Um, I think next year, um, economists are also predicting a a three point two trillion dollar industry when it comes to mortgages. So what? And, I mean, three point three point two trillion dollar industry for next year i mean just to so that, that so that's because that's that's just, that's what the assumptions that the realtors are making that more people are going to continue buying next year oh people are going to continue to buy Dottie. it's going to be an early spring market january will be a spring market um as there's been pent-up demand that we're seeing flow into the holidays right now people are, are definitely looking and mortgage rates are going to still stay low because the stimulus package is about to be rolled out to to all of us, and they've already committed to purchase close to 500 billion more mortgage-backed securities. So the rates will stay artificially low for the next year, and um, could be even lower than what we're seeing today. Um, as surprisingly as it sounds, I mean, shockingly as it sounds. So um, you, you think know, it could be even lower? Could be lower, Dottie. That's what they're talking about. So look. All of, all of this is a little bit of speculation, but we're going to know pretty, in, in short order uh, where rates are going to be um, starting next year. So um, if, if you refinance this year, you know, be sure to look at your mortgage statements. You may be able to refinance again next year, but 
I can tell you the purchase market will be an ideal time, Dottie, for 2021, just because all-time low rates, uh, prices, you know, being negotiated here in the city, you know, if you're in the suburbs, you know, continue to look because it's a very, very robust market out there. But it's going to be a very, very um, busy 2021 for all of us. I think as it pertains to New York City, I've been listening to you and Stephen talk about, you know, Tribeca and downtown, and I happen to live in downtown and, um, you know, it's, it's hard. I, I think we, all of us as listeners, we need to, to voice our, our opinions and we need to write to Congress to Stephen's point, call Congress. And we want, we don't want folks to leave, right? The, the no, and I know, back. you know, Ace, I'm on it's, something. Uh, if I get enough people to uh, help me do this, cause I only have so much time. Um, we're going to try. I, I don't guarantee it yet, yeah. but I know Ace will be involved with him, Stephen. I will. We're going to try to get a website um, going for New York we City and New Yorkers to get it's together right. to, to unite no, and and help us make the city back to where it's not. It was always great. It was the number one city in the in, in the country, but we want to make it that and even better again. And not for yeah. for everybody, not just for everybody, for every every for everybody. everybody. And yeah. one thing about New York City that I can tell you, and everyone's welcome here. You know, people will tell you that, you know, it doesn't matter what you make, what you look like, what people don't care. And that that's mm-hmm. wonderful about New York City. Everyone's accepted, everyone's welcome. Um even the crazies that walk around, okay? I mean, so it's a unique city. And um, I'm trying to get enough people together, and, and, and I'm, I'm not uh, uh, somebody who's uh, technically great, so I have to get somebody who can do the website for us. But we're going to try to put something together to get New York City back to where it was, plus even better. And I think if you if we do the, if we get that together, you'll all get involved with me to help that. Um, and if you don't live in the city, if you live in the suburbs, you still take advantage can of I, it. Can if I say one in, thing on on that, Dottie? There's nothing yeah. more New Yorker than speaking your mind, right? New Yorkers are not silent people. That's um, true. That, we, we we no problem giving our opinions. Everybody needs to speak up, and you know what? When they hear you, they're they're going to listen. Um, and remember, it was worse. I was talking to my parents about it, and the, when they got married, it was a week after a major snowstorm when when Lindsay was mayor, and and they and uh, my mom was telling me about the headline: Lindsay's debacle. It took five days to plow out the city, and their wedding almost got postponed because of snow. Wow. They just made it. If it was the weekend earlier, they would have had a problem. And despite all the things going on. We had a major snowstorm. Didn't take five days. So remember, as as much as I, I may be complaining a little bit because I'm a New Yorker and I have high standards, but you know what? We didn't have a five day snow debacle. It's never as bad as it seems. Also, and the thing is, there is an opportunity to really make it better. And I guess that's what makes me upset. We have the ability to do much better than what we're doing right now, and. That's, I think, really, you know, my message on it. There, there's so okay, much. Okay, but as, as they say, and I, this is, it takes a village. Okay, it's not just one of us; it's all of us getting together. And as Steve said, speak out. 
Um, I think we're going to get a break. Um, we're going to have Sherry Spree, who's going to give us some tips on how to cope with the holidays uh, right after the break. And I also, before that, just want to give you a little about what's going on in Palm Beach because a lot of New Yorkers are going there. Um, we'll be right back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. 866-970-9622. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. You've heard me talk about MyPillow and how I love Mike Lindell and how MyPillow literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they are made in the USA. Now is the time to buy. You're getting the lowest price ever. Get a standard queen premium pillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Mike is also extending a 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's square, and use promo code AM970. There you'll find this amazing offer. Also, deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets. They make the best Christmas gifts ever. 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Facilities Management HVAC or Electronics Training Program, available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275 or SalemCareerHub.com I grew up poor, which is even worse than being poor. From poor to CEO, the incredible journey of Herman Cain. My American dream entailed working hard and making $20,000 a year, but I surpassed that goal and became a corporate CEO. The story of one man's amazing journey from a poor, undereducated family to the highest levels of corporate, social, and political America. I didn't have to be taught work ethic. I saw it firsthand, and it had a big impression on me. From poor to CEO, the amazing true story of the American dream that will inspire and motivate you and your family to live your best life. We'll all be able to say free at last! See the movie From Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Cain, available at SalemNow.com. Use promo code WNYM and save 20%. That's SalemNow.com, promo code WNYM. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and um, I read an article, I can't, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the paper I read it in, I read so many things, but 
Um, it said, New Yorkers turn Palm Beach into the Hamptons south, fleeing the virus. And it said, Palm Beach, Florida is beginning to look like the Hamptons in New York. Many financial workers are fleeing New York in favor of better weather and more favorable vibe and taxes. Um, at least 65 new students from the Northeast have enrolled at Palm Beach Day Academy in recent months. Um, they're training housekeepers and, 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 and people so that they can handle all the influx. It says at least 300,000 people fled coronavirus and crime. And I want to tell you something. Again, we were talking about New York City. It's not the virus only. We had a period of crime. Hopefully that's calming down. But, you know, that's why we don't want to lose our city policemen. Um, the waiting list for private clubs is getting longer. Palm Beach Day Academy just rolled and made a, a northeast transplant. In other words, they put another school up from, for, from the north for all the people from the northeast. And Palm Beach is in a magical place that escaped the virus. If I'm not mistaken, the virus, if I'm, I'm pretty sure, I think I could quote this, that the amount of people that have the virus in Palm Beach is higher than New York City. Okay. Um, and especially Florida has spiked in the last couple of weeks. But it's a town where garbage is picked up four days a week. Okay. There's plenty of police. It's safe. There's young people coming in. And, um, of course, the weather's nice. And they're very tax-friendly. So what we're trying to say that goes back to what Steve, myself, and Ace were talking about. Okay, people will always have paid more to be in New York because there's no place like New York. And I love Palm Beach. I was talking to Jay our, our our president, who our CEO, president who runs uh, Florida, they're booming, and we love Florida. We love Jay, and but I gotta say, and Ace, I'm sure, and Steve, you'd agree with me. Florida's great, but we love New York first. Florida's great to go to when there's freezing weather. Okay, so we want to make sure that we really, really, really have a voice and make sure that we do something, not just sit. But just quickly, I'll just give you, I'm not going to give you 20 of them, but these are where, these are the places that New Yorkers moved. And when I say moved, I don't know that they, I don't mean that they moved, some of them moved for good, some of them temporarily, but guess where the number one place that people moved during March 1st, which was when we were closed down in New York, um, to October 31st. Can you guess, anybody? Ace, want to make a guess? I'm going to let Ace take the first guess on this one. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Stephen. I'll pass it on to you. What, what's Can I give guess? you a hint? I'll, okay, I'll <laughs> yeah. give you a hint. Um, it's, okay, I'll give you a hint. It, it starts with East. East Hampton? East Hampton. Okay, between <laughs> March 1st and October 31st. Now, that was a real good hint. Okay. It was a good one. Two thousand. Listen yeah. to this. Two thousand seven hundred and sixty-nine people went to East Hampton. Number two was Jersey City. One thousand eight hundred and twenty-one people. Wow. Went to Jersey City. That was the second highest destination. 
But can, can, I, can I throw something out there for a second? Yeah, Think about sure. that for a second. We have a city of 8 million people, and we're talking a couple of thousand here and there. So it's important to keep that in mind. You know, when we're, you know I remember back 12 years ago in 2008, there was an article in one of the New York papers that said when we had the financial crisis globally, that mortgage foreclosures for co-ops in Manhattan quadrupled. And then I read the, the article, and it went from 12 foreclosures to 40. So keep that in mind. Yes, it quadrupled. No, 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 Steve, you make you know, a good point. And Steve, and I, let, me, let me say, Stephen makes a great point, because the point is I'm reading you numbers. And obviously now I'm saying East Hampton, I said 2,700 people left and... Oh, and Jersey City, 1,800. Southampton was, I believe, 13. Okay, 100. Hoboken was 1,200. Sag Harbor was 1,000. Now, that sounds like a lot. But what Steve's point is, in, it really isn't in comparison to how many people we have here. So when you read papers, numbers, unless you know the whole, the whole number, some of these numbers look like, oh, my God. Everyone's leaving. But I can tell you, and Ace, I know you know this. I, you know, have I have all my, a lot of my friends and people that I know and customers and clients, they are back in the city, and maybe they're not there full time, and now, you know, with the restaurants closing, but they all want, nobody wants to be, everyone had their fill of being in the, you know, they love the Hamptons to go for a couple of months, but people really want to be back in the city. And um, it's not that people are fleeing forever. The difference is, I think, and we'll talk about this next year, uh, I think the difference, though, a trend of the pandemic is because so many people fled initially just because we were on lockdown and because there were so many cases. They got used to having second homes. And I think if you're an investor, and we're going to talk about that next year, and if you're starting little investments, I think you're going to see that second home market and not necessarily, we're not talking about the $20 million homes. We're talking about regular people that decided, hey, you know what? I escaped the city for a couple of months because we were closed down. It was two hours away. I could drive it. And if I could find a small place, it's an easy getaway. And we don't have to be in the office every single day. So you're going to see, I think, I think that's going to be a trend that happens. I don't know what you think, but... I'm thinking that. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I'm very curious if they did a poll about people who maybe there's a lot of movement upstate, for example, uh, of how after a snow blizzard that we just had, um, when, uh, you know, how, how they felt. And, you know, oh, right. Even ask, and, ask, them, ask them after this week that we just had a blizzard. <laughs> yeah, you know, what their feelings are, city versus the suburbs. And look, it's... It's nice that everybody likes different things. I mean, that that that's the great that's the great thing. But look, uh, but looking at this whole chart, you know, and there was twenty places, like with the top twenty places, they basically were the Hamptons. Um, they were parts of uh, you know uh, Jersey, um, you know uh, Westchester, Scarsdale. People went to Scarsdale, Greenwich, Greenwich, which when we were on when before the pandemic, when New York City was booming. Greenwich really wasn't. So Greenwich got a good hike from, you know, a good lift from this. So basically, 
people weren't leaving. To, people really were staying within the, you know, within reigns of being close to the city. Why? Because they love the city. I mean, it's not like they were moving, like, out of state. And the people that in Florida, a lot of the people that moved to Florida were people that were planning to move to Florida, you know, maybe retiring or slowing down there. Or, and then with the pandemic, and they had houses there already, and with the pandemic, then just went there. So, um, but it's interesting what's going on. Um, I'm not sure. Do I have Dr. Sherry Spree on yet or no? I, I didn't. Interesting. I tell you, many of my patients are now. Wait a second, Dr. Sherry Spree, who is one of the uh, leading psychiatrists in New York City and also a good friend of mine, and um, so I want to introduce her properly, and I didn't know if you were on or not, and I asked her um, if she would do me a, a favor and come on the show today because um, for all of us, and I don't think there's anyone that this bypasses. I want everyone to know it's the holidays, and it's very different this year, and I don't think there's anybody that doesn't feel a little sad that they can't be with their families, and whether they were driving there or they were flying there or they were just walking there, that we have to keep this. We, we, we don't want this virus to get out of hand. We have a vaccine. And I think it's very stressful for all of us, um, me included. I mean, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I was going to try to get my whole family together, and then my brother said, Daddy, you know, you – you know, you have an underlying condition. I have bad, my lungs are not great, and and I just had an operation with my, he said it's not healthy. And so it's sad that I'm going to be spending it with, like, nobody except maybe my daughter. But, so I asked, you know, I don't know about you, Ace, or Steve, I mean, are you keeping it small, the holidays? And, of course, New Year's is not going to be New Year's. I don't know, you know, I hope nobody's going really going to have a big New Year's. And it's just a time when everyone's usually happy. So I was asking Dr. Spree, what are you telling your patients? Uh, and I don't want to say patients because it's not, this is not sick to be sad. Okay, this is normal. I mean, anybody, okay, what, you know, we're all going through this, and hopefully this will be a year that we will never forget, but by next uh, holiday season we'll be back to normal. What are you telling people they should do? to get through this? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm telling people that it's very, very important to keep in contact with loved ones and to plan something that they could do that's safe. And, and, and it, yes, it could be virtual. I'm, I'm telling people that they should, you know, make phone calls to people that they know that may be alone during the holidays and that could help them to feel good. And I, I, I tell people that, you know, this is going. This is a different Christmas, but as a different. Okay, Christmas- Sherry, I think we are having a, a break. Oh, okay, so we're going to quickly take that quick break, and we're going to be right back with some ideas how you can make the best of the holidays um, and still ha- make them happy. We'll be right back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate, and we're on the line with Dr. Sherry Spray. We'll be right. Back. Balance of Nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Oh, I love it. 
I love it. You know what? I listen to a lot of talk radio shows, and I have heard your commercials for years. And I said, you know what? Let me give it a shot. I work in the schools, in elementary schools. So I took your product. I freaking love it. I have more <laughs> energy than I ever had. And oh, I just feel so much better taking it. I certainly have had success with Balance of Nature. I have more energy than I've ever had before, and I just feel so much better. I, you know, I just do, and I think I look better, and it's all about fruits and vegetables, you know. I am doing pretty good. I love Balance of Nature. The energy is really, really good, you know, and I can tell the difference if I don't take it. I'm a dentist, and I'm on my feet all day, but my energy is holding all the way until the end of the day. I used to come home from work and basically sit on the couch and die, <laughs> you know, and that don't happen now. I do have more energy. It's easy to notice. I am just feeling so good. I can't even describe to you how wonderful I feel. My energy level is more like it was 20 or 30 years ago. It's much, much better. So I am feeling really good. It is amazing to me that fruits and vegetables which God has given us, are healing my body. I'm going to take this the rest of my life, you know. I really am. I'm a customer for life. It is amazing. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800 800- Two four six eight seven fifty one, or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code the answer the holidays will be different this year also different is the way you have been and will be doing business adapting to the changes hasn't been easy but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing, but are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are still making buying decisions this year and for next. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm here with uh, my co-host, Aishwara Suparp, uh, and Stephen Ebert, um, myself, Dottie Herman. Of course, we want to wish you a, a very healthy and happy holiday um, but it's going to be different this year, so uh, we have Dr. Sherry Spree on telling you some some things that you can probably do differently. But before you do that, Ace, what are you doing for the holidays? I don't hear oh, you, Daddy, Ace. Be, hey, Dottie, sorry about that. It's going to be a, you know, a family-oriented holiday, you know, just uh, really looking back at 2020 and just spending time with loved ones. So it's going to be uh, going to be here local and... Hopefully, um, you know, yeah, it's going to be small. It's going to be small, Dottie, you know. Yeah, 
you know, usually on, I mean, on Christmas Eve for the last, I don't know, 25 years, I have a big Christmas Eve party, and I invite everybody, right. my family, but I invite my friends, I invite anybody who's alone, okay, um, and I really have a lot of fun with it. I put up a big tree, and we have decorations, and I have Santa come for the kids, and um, we sing, and we do karaoke, and so that's, I'm not going to do that this year, but I am going to get together very small with just my daughter and my granddaughter and and maybe... Um, and my sister, my brother, and everybody were going to come, but we thought it's too big, and we have to be careful. What about you, Stephen? Well, we had uh, we already guess Hanukkah gets finished up yesterday, um, so you know we we did that, and you know we we tried to on different nights, you know, kind of have different family members and friends via Zoom right. or on the phone right. and do that. Um, and, you know, usually we actually go to a friend's house uh, for Christmas. They usually do a great job. They are very uh, good at entertaining and cooking, uh, much, much better than I am. And, and unfortunately, I think this year we're, we're not going to go, so it's going to break our streak. Um, you know, and, and, and you're trying to figure out how to make these decisions, you know, trying to meet people outdoors for a little bit. You grab maybe a coffee or a quick drink and do that here and there. And it's a lot of sort of one-off uh, outdoor meetings. But, you know, it makes you – you know, my take on it is the whole purpose of the holidays is to sort of have a thoughtful, reflective moment. And I think if we accomplish that, then, then that, that's the great goal. So I, I think it's not a matter of how we do it. It's just that we do it. That's good. So, Sherry, what are you telling people? What are you, what are you suggesting that they do um, to kind of – Keep tradition and uh, get through it because it's it's a lot of people are are you know not able to see their loved ones the way they would have. So right, we have uh, to plan a much safer holiday. That and 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 I really try to tell them that you know we have spring to look forward to. The vaccine is is being rolled out and there is an end to this pandemic. So this year, we're just going to have to do things a little bit differently, and we're going to have to be a little bit more creative and do things that we could add joy to this very unusual holiday season. But it's and not going to be... Is it, right, and it, I think I read something somewhere, and I posted it, but it basically said when we don't have to wear masks anymore and we're able to shake hands and we're able to give people a hug... Um, we, we've really, really learned that the most important thing is spending time with people that you love, friends and family, and that everyone's healthy. And so for, for at least me, first of all, um, I want to thank all everyone here on Real Estate. I want to thank all of our listeners. I want to say thank you to Steve and, and, and Ace for being with me really every Saturday, um, and to my all my realtors, and really to everyone, and, and thankful that I'm still healthy and that we're still healthy and that there is an end in sight. And, we are, and this is, by the way, the quickest, quickest vaccine that they've ever invented. Right. And I think that what's going to happen, and, and here's what I'm going to do, I'm still going to put up a little Christmas tree and everything like that, even though there will only be three people here. But I am going to pick up the phone, and I'm going to tell everybody I would suggest you do this. 
I'm going to pick up the phone, and there are many people, you know, that you might have not called or that you know are, are alone. Okay, you know that there's no one with them. They don't have, you know, family with them. Pick up the phone and just wish somebody a happy holiday. Right. Or a happy New Year's or something. I mean, I think that's a good thing to do. And if there's somebody in your neighborhood or somebody in your building that you know lives alone, it's always nice, you know, to slip them a note, even slip them a little card. You know, I know everyone does everything by emails, but if you live in a building, you can slip a little card. It's, okay. And, 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 and try to do that. It'll make people happy and it'll make you feel happy for doing that. Um, and Sherry, you said, look, if I'm, I'm not a great ice skater, but I think you mentioned to me you told some people to go ice skating. You know, the things that you could do outside, it's safer, but you could also then enjoy the holiday season. A lot of these ice skating rinks, you know, they're having scheduled skating sessions with, uh, you know, a, a restricted number of people, but they have like a fire and hot chocolate and they're, they're singing Christmas carols and it's decorated with lights. And, and that makes people feel happy and joyful. Yes. I posted a picture of the tree because um, I passed by it and took pictures of the tree. And if I tell you um, on Facebook when I get responses, I probably had so many responses. I probably had more than normal responses. So many people loved looking at that tree. And it's there. So if you want to take a ride, I mean, I don't know how busy the city will be during the Christmas. I think the traffic shouldn't be bad. Um, that's a good idea. Any ideas from you guys on what what people could do just to to do things that make you feel good? You know, I think the best present is I, I saw the scientists in Europe. They came up with these new gloves um, where you can be out for hours and your hands are warm and fully waterproof and you can grab really? things. Um, because he got annoyed. He bought a pair of expensive gloves and they didn't really work, so he invented a pair and I was reading about it. And you know what? That's a great gift. So that way you can spend time outside and you don't feel, you know, get cold. And the other thing my wife just found and, and got some, we got as a treat for the kids, this new thing, it's they call it a hot chocolate bomb. It's like a, you know, sort of like a bath bomb. You put it in a cup of water and it basically doesn't make a mess, but, you know, basically you have a hot chocolate explosion and it's just delicious. So yeah, we're going to go outside with some hot chocolate bombs and enjoy it. Stephen, you have young children, and I have to tell you, for those of you who have young children, you, you're in a position where you have to make this fun, okay? Um, and I, I sometimes think that, you know, uh, kids make a difference in the sense that, you know, if you would, even if you were feeling a little down, dumps, you can't because of them, because they're kids and they really don't know. I mean, I don't know how much kids know about this or what they really understand. I talked to my granddaughter, and she, you know, she knows there's a virus and she knows about social distancing. But I mean, I don't think she really is concerned. I mean, she doesn't, you know, the impact of all of this, the death. I mean, she has no concept of that. Um, and the good news, and I wanted to say this again, we are so thrilled. There is a vaccine, and I think they just approved the second one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, they did, right? Like they, they approved the second one. And I know it's going to be a while before we all can get it because I think it's healthcare workers 
Actually, my son-in-law, who's a healthcare worker, had it already. And you said, Steve, your wife had it, who's a doctor. Um, she, she had the first one. Remember, it's two doses. So, keep, two, so okay. keep in mind, uh, it was dose one. It's a, it's a two-dose process. But, yeah. Right. Um, but, but by the time the general there. population gets it, what are we talking about, two months? I, I think it depends where you are, and, and I think what's happening is they'll start with seniors and, and uh, nursing homes. I think you're going to start seeing that in January, February, absolutely. Um, I think for the whole country to get it, you know, it's going to take a number of months. But, you know, the nice, but the amazing thing about it, it, it's a wave and it's a trend line. Remember, as more and more people get vaccinated, it will drop the number of cases. It will drop the strain. Right. You know, remember... You know, next week it's it's the shortest day of the year, and then the days start getting longer. Like right. it's, it's a trend line, um, and and things are going in the right direction. Yeah, and we're all, you know, and again, this vaccine is the quickest vaccine ever, and we we're looking at you know we're looking at this being hopefully like a flu, okay? Which is bad. People get sick from it still, but that is contained. But I please, we, we all, myself, Ace, Stephen, Sherry, don't get sloppy now. Right. Okay? That's exactly what I was thinking. Please don't get How sloppy now. How and when now. this pandemic ends is going to depend on our choices this winter. We have to be safe still. And I know it's getting to everyone because, you know, the summer at least you can be out, the outdoor restaurants. I know it's getting tougher for all of us. Okay. But we're almost there. And so I can't emphasize enough, and it's tempting for all of us to get sloppy because, you know, how much more can I take this? And I'm like, and I'm not sitting in an outside restaurant in zero-degree weather, okay? Uh, I'm sorry. Let's please, for a little longer, don't get big groups. Try not to congregate in big groups. I, I had a chart. One of the biggest spreaders is groups of people that get together, and it doesn't have to be 50. Okay. Now we're coming to an end. I want to wish everyone from Stephen, Ace, myself, everyone at Iron Real Estate, a healthy, happy holiday. We love you all, and thanks for all of your support. Happy holidays, and remember, most of all, stay safe. Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.